0: Before I get started today, I want to give a big shout out to Randall Motherfucking Wiley for making this trip possible in more ways than one. Love you, brother. It's only been a couple days since we last spoke, but a lot has happened, so I thought I would just give you a quick update. I'm now in Honduras, uh, San Lorenzo to be specific, at a rooftop bar being served by a dude named Poncho. I know, can't even make this shit up. Actually, if I was gonna make it up, that's exactly what it would be. But I hope you enjoyed the Moto podcast that I put out a couple days ago. And if you haven't listened to it, you should definitely do yourself a favor and listen to that podcast. Uh, This podcast, we are going to talk about uh, pretty much border crossings and Central America, Uh, everything that has happened since I left Mexico. So I I stayed right there on the border. So yeah, I pretty much covered Mexico in the last podcast. This is everything South of Mexico to Honduras, and I'm not that far in the border, and I can tell you that... I was attacked by Donald Trump and President Barack Obama today. I had to make a police report, and it wasn't, it wasn't about that. Uh, and I also don't have a driver's license anymore. So there's a little a preview of what's to come. This show is brought to you by mcshoptees.com, your t-shirt of the month club. Every month we send out a new t-shirt featuring a different shop from around the country. All these shops I've found by traveling and breaking down or just meeting cool people on the road that are doing rad things that I wanna showcase. And it's a beautiful thing, literally. You pay 25 bucks a month each month and you get a, a new shirt and it's a surprise every month. If you follow MC Shop Tees on the gram, you might get a preview of the upcoming months. Uh, but other than that, man, the, the shirt's a surprise every month, so that's pretty rad. This month's featured shop is B&B racing out of Metairie, Louisiana, and these dudes are fucking bad to the bone. I hope you're signed up because this shirt's fucking rad as shit. It was designed by my bud Nick in Birmingham, and uh, it's, it's really rad. I've been wanting to feature these guys for a minute, and they're a little bit, uh, you know, they're fucking old school, dude. They weren't just, you know, they weren't just you know, jumping on board to be a part of MC Shop Tees, but I finally got them roped in, and I'm stoked, and I hope that you're signed up. If you're not signed up, go to mcshoptees.com right now and sign up so you do not miss another shop. We got a fucking banger next month, so don't miss out. We've got men's, women's, and kids' sizes. Uh, man, I know that there's some uh, dates that I left out last week, and there, I'm sure there's some dates I'm going to leave out this week. When I get back from Mexico, the first big event, or Mexico, fuck. I mean, I will be crossing through Mexico to get home. But uh, the next big event is Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival at Loretta Lynn's Ranch in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. Home of the Bling Cycles Invitational. And that show is so fucking good, man. Uh, You can camp on site. They got glamping, uh, RV hookups. Some of the baddest builders from around the country, thanks to Bill Dodge. Some of the baddest musicians from Tennessee, thanks to the fine people at the TMMR. I'm going to be doing something different this year, and I'm going to be doing a a daily recap, pretty much like a, a morning podcast each day that tells you about what's happened in that day, what you missed out on the day before, and... Uh, You know, just to try and get everybody on the same page so that we're all aware of everything going on and we can make it all happen, dude. Uh, I haven't figured out what I'm going to call that one yet. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm looking forward to the event, and I hope you are. If you use Danger Dan at checkout, if you buy your tickets early, you'll get $15 off of your ticket. And whoever rides the furthest and uses Danger Dan when they buy their ticket, I'm going to give them their fucking money back, dude. That's right, I'm just gonna give you your money back for your ticket and you're gonna get to stay for free. So that's that's pretty fucking rad. So yeah, get in on that one. Uh, what's after that, dude? I don't have anything in front of me except for, uh, dude, a recording device, a bunch of motorcycles is what it sounds like. Um, Damn, it's hot here too. It's real hot. Uh, what do we got after that, dude? I'm shooting from the hip right now. I know that we have the Virginia City Roundup, August 26th in Virginia City, Nevada, presented by Chopper's Magazine and FXR Bazaar. Your chance to ride a bull and showcase your chopper all in the one place. Don't miss that one. We got Party at the Pen on the 10th of September. Um, <clears throat> oh, the fucking... Chop Wizard Invitational at the Run to Raton in Raton, New Mexico, July 22nd? Oh, man, I'm jumping. I'm fucking stretching now. Uh, dude, one way you can support the show is by going to DangerDanceTalkShop.com and signing up to become a patron. Five bucks a month helps me put gas in my tank, pay off the border agents, pay off cops, uh, you know, just do everything it takes to keep this show on the road. And, uh, Every little bit helps and because of that, Lowbrow Customs supports me and they will support you as well. Check them out at LowbrowCustoms.com. Every month we give away a $100 gift card to LowbrowCustoms.com and the only way to win that is to go sign up to be a patron, simple as that. Uh, We've given away some rad shit over the years, like a sportster race, bike, a bunch of knives made by Nick, the baddest knives on the fucking planet. Check him out at Knives Made by Nick. And a couple years ago, we gave away a trip to Nepal, thanks to Motorcycle Sherpa. And that's right, we are going back in November. Now, I wish Bear would reach out and tell me if this fucking trip is filled up yet, because I know it's got to be getting close. Uh, The trip we're going on is the Stairway to Heaven, the first half of November. Go to motorcyclesherpa.com for more information. I'm telling you, it is gonna be a fucking badass trip. And it's it's gonna not have near the amount of headaches that I have had. Well, I mean, they've been headaches, but I mean I'm I'm happy right now. So, but I'm telling you, the motorcycle sherpa trip is way more professionally done, dude. It's worth, it's worth every penny, dude, and the time, just let alone traveling for 24 hours on a fucking plane. Uh, you're gonna be so stoked after a couple of days of riding bikes. It's it's an amazing experience, and you need to You need to go do it. So if not this trip go check him out anyway, so you can put that on your bucket list now Dude whoa this I mean Central America. It's not Mexico and it damn sure isn't Texas So uh, Last we talked, I was in Mexico, sitting in a, a hotel with my bike, parked out in like this gravel parking lot. And the gate, let me explain this gate to you. The gate, it didn't even look like a functional gate, but when I realized that it was a chain link gate, but it only had a pole, a vertical pole on the, the side that closed. So like, and the side that held, you know, that hinged it. So it looked like it wasn't in any shape to move, but when there's no poles top or bottom, you know that chain link just maneuvers any way it wants to, and they just lock it up and I knew that I should have been nervous because after I recorded the podcast and went downstairs to smoke a cigarette, the lady was like, "Hey, you need to go ahead and pull everything off your motorcycle." She like had somebody else write it down on paper too, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, now I don't even know about leaving my motorcycle like if you have to tell me that. So I go out to my bike and I'm like, all right, I'm not taking the bags off. I grabbed the electronics and left pretty much everything else. And um, so when I woke up that next morning, as you can imagine, the first thing I did was like run to the fucking window, and sure enough, I could see the bike, so that was good. And then when I got down there, everything was on the bike, which was which was really awesome, too, because I don't know how I would have packed up all my shit into one little backpack. I mean, I guess there was a town there. I could have figured something out. But it felt good to see my shit right there. And at this point, I was like, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes from the border, maybe not even that. And there's two border crossings right there at uh, Hidalgo and you know, my boy fucking Rob Rouser. If you're not familiar with Rouser Works, you need to check him out. Uh, he's done this a couple of times. He lives down in Panama most of the time and uh, works with Biltwell the rest of the time. And he's done this trip in a car and on a bike. And so he's like really been my support, like from the get-go crossing these borders. And uh, he told me out of those two border crossings, go to this one because it's way easier. And the other one you don't want to go to. Well, when he told me that, a couple months ago I went ahead and googled it and the one he told me not to go was like the most popular Mexican Guatemalan crossing point out of the whole southern border so that was very valuable information and I get down the road I think I filled up before I crossed the border and you know I got all my paperwork stashed on my tank bag and you know I've read up a little bit on the border crossings don't You know, there's a bunch of people that want to try and swindle you to help you out. And, you know, the way Rob explained this one, he's like, you pull into a building and you can deal with it all on your own. I'm like, sick. So I head there. And and about a mile, two miles before I get there, I start seeing 18-wheelers on the side of the road just lined up. And another thing is I wasn't sure, like, when the border crossing opened. I wasn't sure if it was a 24-hour thing or, you know, and I, I didn't look it up. nothing. Yeah, there's going to be dogs in the podcast and bikes and shit. I'm just going to have to deal with it. So I started seeing these 18 wheelers and they're all lined up waiting to go into this border and I'm like, oh shit man. And I, I swear to you, it was like almost two miles and it was like 18 wheelers and then those, you know, you see those cars, hauling cars, a lot of that shit and there was a lot of like scrap metal and like trailers filled with like just cars not like compacted like you've you seen cars compacted on an 18 wheeler by a compactor no like just cars crammed on there by whatever they had available to do it and it wasn't a compactor by any fucking stretch of the imagination and I pass all of them and I get to the you know the entrance and nobody's going in the entrance I'm like oh fuck it's closed But I just fucking ride right in there, and the first lady waves at me. No, the first guy waves at me. And then I get to the first lady, and she jumps out in front of me, and she's like, whoa, you can't cross here. you got to cross down there. So I go the direction she points, thinking maybe this is like the commercial crossing spot. Well, it probably is, and maybe they just let Rob in before because... You know, this wasn't as busy as it is now, but they weren't allowing anything but trailers into this crossing point. So I had to go down to the busiest fucking crossing point on the Mexican southern border. And it was, it was, I don't know, it was really, that was fucking easy, dude. I pulled up in there, there was one building, kind of like what Rob said. I mean, and maybe this was the crossing. Yeah, I mean, fuck, maybe I went to the exact place he was talking about because you got your immigration stamp. I got to cancel my Banjo Cinto, which is the temporary import permit for my motorcycle. And, and that was it. And I'm out of Mexico. I was like, fuck, that was easy. But at the same time, there was a lot of people on feet, like a lot of people on feet. And I got, the, and they were all at this gate. And I got there, when I was in line to, I'd done my passport, got the stamp, and then I was doing my import permit and they brought in like, I don't know, 30 people and sat them all down. And they were all waiting to get their immigration stamp. So I think I made it just before it was gonna be a shit show. So then I go over to the Guatemalan side. And, you know, I've always heard about this fumigation thing, you know, where like they fumigate your vehicle. I guess they just spray it with some shit. Well, I see this giant fucking thing you can pull an 18-wheeler in with like, it's almost like a driving car wash. And I'm like, fuck, am I supposed to be on my bike while they do this? And you know, I look around, nobody's around and nothing gets sprayed on me and I just ride out of there. And I pull up and sure enough, there's the first guy. He's kind of like wants to tell me what to do and I just ignore him. I kind of give him the cold shoulder and act like I know what I'm doing and uh, I have no idea. I really have no idea. Most people who do this like really look into it more, I, I just assume that I've heard enough stories about like the things that have to happen that I'd be able to put it all together. And it worked. It, it I mean it fucking worked like a champ. Now there was a little bit of running around. I had to go find a car. Like, it's crazy like you get your, you get in there, and you can get this. They give you like this voucher for your passport. You show them the passport; they don't stamp it. They just give you like a voucher, and then I guess I'm just free to travel. Uh, so I like leave my bike parked in the no man's zone, as they call it, with my helmet. I literally, there was like glo- my shit was scattered. It was easily takeable. And but I mean, I had no choice. I can't. I couldn't ride my bike into Guatemala, so. I took off on foot, I had to get copies of my passport, my ID, all these things that I probably could have done ahead of time if I would have, uh, you know. looked into it a little bit more. And then I had to get money. And then I had to get more money. And it, no, I only had to get money once. But I went to the money people to find, the. I had to go to the copy machine twice. And I got everything they needed for the passport. And then the vehicle thing, dude, I don't know what they do, but they just sit behind their computer and wait. And luckily I was second in line because it started building up and it probably took a good hour of waiting on the first guy and then me getting in. Actually, the first guy had to go get some other shit. Oh, he had to go get fumigated. I guess they just, I don't know, I guess I skipped the fumigation process. But he literally had to drive out it. Like, go go into Guatemala, drive back into Mexico, and then come back to go through the fumigation thing. He was fucking pissed. And he was real pissed when I was almost done when he got back. And, uh, anyways, I got my shit, and, uh, man, I was probably out of there in two hours from going in the Mexican border crossing to coming out the Guatemalan border crossing. So I I was pretty fucking stoked about that. It was, that was, uh... You know, it took longer than I thought it was going to, but it, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was easy. Like everything was right there. I was able to figure it all out when I got through there, and then I take off through fucking Guatemala, and holy shit, dude! The traffic there was fucking insane. Now my buddy Terry Chandler, who I'm going to visit in Costa Rica. He told me that this was, like, the worst time to come. You know, it's, like, the hottest time to come. This is, like, the fucking holiday week. And it's going to get fucking crazy Friday and Saturday. Um, but, uh, you know, that this is just how it worked out. And the traffic was just that. I don't know if you saw the story I posted yesterday The Real. But that was just a snippet of what I did for hours. Hours. And I really thought I was going to make it, like, A good ways into El Salvador and after a couple hours of going through that traffic I was like I am NOT gonna cross the border today and I'm not gonna go there tonight and try and figure it out so you know I just kept making tracks and it would open up and I'd get some speed and then it would just be like me going down the center stripe or on the shoulder and you know trying to make time and then all of a sudden my shifter started acting up and I and this has happened before there's like a linkage down there and I think it just gets clogged with dirt and you know I sprayed it real good with grease so I just assumed that that thing would had gotten bound up from dirt or whatever and then at one point the shifter just fucking fell down and quit working So I pulled over at a fucking pie shop and a motorcycle shop. I know, it's a perfect spot to pull over. And sure enough, this bolt had just backed out of the linkage and it was simple fix. I just, the bolt was just hanging there and I bolted it right back up and I ate a piece of cake and I had a peach soda and I got the fuck out of there. Now the smart thing would have been to like put some Loctite on there, but I didn't have any and neither did the motorcycle shop. I don't think they had fucking Torx bits. They might have, fuck, I didn't really talk to them. But that brings me to the motorcycle. So, on the last episode, I talked about it being in limp mode and giving me a bunch of trouble. Now, I just wanna make this clear. I really don't believe that it's the bike. Like, I'm pretty sure, I mean, obviously it's the bike, but it's things that I did to it, you know? Uh, I hit a fucking truck, for starters. I think I fucked up the sensors on the axles when I or at least the front one when I put the front wheel in and I think I just over-cranked it. And I'm I'm just hesitant to take it apart and or even loosen it up because I don't want it to come unbound and then fall apart or something. So I've just been ignoring that. But it is still in limp mode. And I really do believe that it's quite impressive that I've made it through four fucking countries in limp mode. And you know, the ba- the bike is so fucking fast, even in limp mode, it's way faster than my shovel head. Uh, you know, I'm not able to go faster than 100 miles an hour, but that's plenty fast for down here. So it really hasn't been much that, that much of a headache. And right before I left, I put a new battery in it. And I put a battery from Batteries Plus in there, or batteries or bulbs or whatever the fuck it was. I didn't go get a good harley battery or battery from brown cycles which i wish i would have done because dude the bike's getting harder and harder to start every morning and i believe that tomorrow morning might be the morning where it's like not gonna start so but other than that really the bike has been it's helped me out a lot like i feel like you know at that border crossing there was a couple dudes standing out there but i think that they were like even even all the police officers and the federales, the national people, whatever the fuck they are, they've all been so stoked when they see me. Like, I'm talking about, like, not just waving, but, like, stoked. Uh, dude, this morning in El Salvador, I rolled up on these fucking dirt bike dudes, and they had gear on, so I thought maybe they were, I, they looked like they might have been big bikes, like adventure tours on the fucking, you know. Rolling through Central America, and then I realized that, dude, all three of them have got fucking giant machine guns hanging off their side, and uh, I was like, oh, shit, and I rolled up on them real fast and real close, so I was like, oh, this was not smart, so I backed up, turned my camera on, I got video of one of the guys, and then we went separate ways at a Y, and they all fucking honked and waved at me, like, they were just stoked. Uh, Now, you know, you got to think about the bikes that have been down here in the past, it's been like you know, one of the guys I talked to said the only Harleys he sees are old-school Harleys. You know, and then mainly BMWs and KTMs. It's like, I've never even seen a Harley like this, much less a fucking a dirt bike with flames on it. I'm like, that's fucking right, dude. Uh, so I've been pretty stoked about that. And I think, like, the guys at the border were like, you know, instead of stealing shit off my bike, they were all over there, especially at the second border crossing, they were like... they wanted to be the guys helping the dude out who had the bike with fucking flames on it, you know? Like, so, I thought that was pretty fucking cool. But anyways, going through Guatemala, got the bike fixed, stopped for some coffee, and, uh, because it's Guatemala, but I ended up just having a soda water and a smoothie. I hadn't drinking any coffee that morning. And, dude, the road ended up... I ended up getting comfortable and, like, finding my groove. I did... I did, I fucking fell asleep at one point. I know, I know, that's fucking insane, right? You know, I'm passing every single car, everything I come up to I'm passing. Like, that bike is fast as fuck. Even in fucking limp mode, I'm passing everybody. And at one point I wake up and I'm going like, I don't know, 40, 35, 40 miles an hour in fifth or sixth gear behind a, a fucking little Volkswagen bug that's like over on the shoulder trying to let me go by. And I'm just like, I wake up and I'm like, what the fuck, and I pass him. and Yeah, then I was like, oh, shit, you know? So, or fuck, maybe did that happen on, yeah, whenever, I did fall asleep at some point between Texas and now. <clears throat> so I get to Guatemala. And next thing you know, I'm like, it's getting close to sunset, but I am I pull up on the border and I had passed all the possible hotels and I was like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to get into El Salvador and I'll, I'll find a place to stay in El Salvador. And it wasn't even sunset. Like, the sun was still up. And I roll up into this fucking border crossing in, in Guatemala, on the Guatemalan side. And like three or four dudes roll, or they're just there. And I park my bike and they start asking me if they, I need help, blah, blah, this. They're like showing me their credentials and shit. Are these credentials real? I don't know. I I really don't fucking know, but here's the deal. I know I have to go in a building and leave my motorcycle outside. So I started giving them the cold shoulder and I was like, wait a second, I'm going to pick the dude with the biggest fucking smile. And I did. And, uh, you know, fuck it. Let's go. Show me what to do. Show me how like Yes, I need help. That's what I told him. Because not only did I need somebody to like, I needed to trust these people that were going to be hanging out by my motorcycle. I, I needed fucking help. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I did not know exactly where to get everything done. So, dude, he helped me out. And we figured it out. And during the process, this other dude named Jorge rolled up. This was Geraldo at first, and then this other guy named Jorge rolled up, and he spoke really good English. The first guy was like, you know, we were getting by, but there was no small talk. And uh, this other dude rolls up, and he speaks really good English, and we bullshit, we get everything figured out, I wait in line, it takes me like, I don't know. Probably 30, 45 minutes on the El Salvador, or on the Guatemala side, and then we get into El Salvador and it takes me like, I don't know. It probably took an hour over there and I don't know what the fuck they were doing because there was n- hardly anybody there. And by the time I got into El Salvador, the crossing, it was dark and I'm like, fuck, you know? And then it took an hour. Luckily, in Guatemala I had stopped at this like Riverside Park and ate some food and talked to the people and they told me about this spot about 45 minutes into el salvador called kilo cinco k5 and it was a hotel restaurant bar had a pool and a place to park the motorcycle so i'm like cool all right at least i have a destination you know because at dark it's hard to find a hotel at least you know i didn't want to do it at dark So Jorge gets me through the process, man. I really appreciate it, he was super nice. He told me about another guy at the other side of El Salvador that could help me get into Honduras. And I was stoked, man, so I took off out of there at night. And this got sketchy as fuck, dude. I mean, by the border, you know, there's trucks lined up again and they've all got their lights on, dude, and I'm rolling. And it kind of clears up on my side because I pass everybody. And then I go around a blind turn to the left, and the 18-wheelers, they're like not waiting in line. So now they're over in my lane, coming straight at me. At one point, dude, I was rolling fucking 60 with an 18-wheeler, like right in front of me, and another 18-wheeler on the shoulder. I'm like, holy fuck, dude. And uh, dude, that ride through the night last night, oh my gosh. I was fucking, by the time I made it to Kilo Cinco, I was fucking, you know, I was amped up again, dude. But I was stoked to have a place with a pool, a restaurant, and a hotel, bar, like the whole thing right enclosed. And they had like a patio to pull my bike into. They ended up being real fucking dicks and they wouldn't let me park inside even though they had a bunch of fucking space behind the gate. Uh, the lady said her master just wasn't having it. And I'm like, you know, I, I can't argue at this point because I'm not going anywhere. Like, I gave him some feedback. I, you know, I said some things and it just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't happening. So whatever, you know, fuck it. Parked my bike once again, just like out, kind of, in, even though it, it was more in the open. There was no nothing guarding it. Uh, But after the day I'd had, I'm like, whatever. Fucking somebody steals it, I'm in El Salvador, and I'll figure it out. Next morning comes along, go outside, fucking bike's still there. Thank fucking God. And, you know, I'd been talking to Rouser, and he was telling me about this place to stay at called Mazata. But I didn't make it there, you know, and I showed him where I stayed. He's like, okay, well, the next part of the trip you're going to enjoy. And sure the fuck, I did, dude. I take off out of there. I head straight to the fucking west coast of Nicaragua or of El Salvador. And it's just like the sickest fucking paved road, like over these cliffs, right over the ocean, a bunch of giant tunnels and shit. It was beautiful as fuck, man. And I found this like, just little restaurant on the side of the road overlooking this like small little bay and the waves were breaking. I'm like, oh dude, all right, we're in fucking El Salvador, dude. I hadn't seen the ocean. I haven't seen the ocean since, since I was, I guess since I was in Honduras last, which I flew down to Roatam. So this morning was great. Coffee, chorizo and eggs, Sick, cost three dollars. All I had was a fucking 20. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyways, I gave her, dude, I was happy. What? I didn't even fucking care. She felt more bad about it than I did. Which brings me to another thought. You know, back in the States, like, I like to pee outside, right? Like, at my house, on the road, wherever I'm at. If I just gotta pee, I'd rather do it outside than go into a bathroom, especially a public bathroom. But I find here in Mexico, you know, in, in the States, they're like, people kind of, not that they're grossed out, but they're like, oh, you're just going to, you're just going to pee out. like, oh, my, we have a bathroom, you know? And, you know, down here, this culture is like, they're almost embarrassed if they, if you're just like, oh, I'm going to go pee on this tree. They're like, oh, no, 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 you don't have to pee on the tree. We have a bathroom. And I'm like, I, I know, okay all right, I'll go into your bathroom because, you know, they feel bad about the bathrooms. You know, another thing that's different about, shit, Mexico and Central America than America is they have signs that say, you can U-turn here. You know, in America, it seems like all the signs just say no U-turns. But here they have like, no, no, we know you're going to need to turn around at some point. We've got these U-turns figured out. We've got them marked for you, which has been kind of handy because I've needed them. So breakfast in Mazata, dude. I take off and start seeing, you know, another crazy thing about Central America is even on like the fucking highways where everybody's rolling 70 miles an hour or more on bikes, buses, cars, taxis, tuk-tuks, 18 wheelers. Is these motherfuckers just set up shop on the side of the highway, selling anything from sun hats to fucking chorizo to bags of water i saw the side of the freeway i'm like god i hope nobody's just i mean i mean i hope somebody is pulling over for these people but not while we're all going fucking 75 plus miles an hour but anyways i start seeing more of those once again we got this fucking holiday going on and the next big city is surf city and it's like Dude, you can tell people are coming to party. Families, I'm talking about families of people. So, since there's a bunch of families and people coming, there's a bunch of people setting shit up on the side of the road, like selling whatever. And it's funny, you go through these sections in El Salvador, and El Salvador is like riding through a fucking rainforest, dude. Like green trees just over, you know, just encapsulating the road. And God, it's fucking beautiful. And uh, oh shit! I used to ask to my lemons, and and but you go through these sections where like everybody's selling the same shit, you know. Like one of them was like a bag of nuts, and in every single little tent on the side of the road, they're all kind of doing the same thing. They're kind of shaking the bag, or they're shaking like a white something. Like it's just funny the similarities in the in the different subcultures amongst the culture down here that you see just going down the fucking road, man. Uh, And the smell of El Salvador. That first part was so beautiful. There was, you know, the flowers were blooming. Uh, It was pretty nice. And, uh, And then I got further down in El Salvador. I got past that surf city and all that fucking traffic, dude. And then, sure enough, it's like, a wasteland, dude. And my phone had quit working. Like I couldn't make any phone calls, my maps, like the direction, I could could pull up the maps but it wouldn't let me like do GPS style directions in my helmet. So I had to keep pulling my phone out to look at it. And now I'm like, it's like dead. Everything around me is dead. It's hot as fuck, it's dry. I mean there's even cows on the side of the road dead. The trees are dead. A lot of fucking fires had gone on through there. And I get a phone call from fucking Oliver Peck, dude. I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? I haven't been able to use my phone for like three hours. And now I'm talking to you in my helmet riding through El Salvador. So that was, that was a surprise. It was a fucking great surprise. And, uh, dude, and, and once I realized I could make a phone call, I wanted to stop, right, and pull over and make some phone calls. You know, I had some things. I'm trying to get these MC Shop tees out this month and I got to get the postage thing taken care of, which I did later today, but... You know, when you're traveling on my chopper, a lot of times, not a lot of times, but when I'm out there by myself and, like, you know, I'm thinking maybe my bike... You know, every time I turn it off, there's a chance that it... They're blowing some shit up. There's a chance that it's not going to fire back up, right? So I'm out there in this, like, fucking wasteland of dryness thinking... Man, I got phone reception, I should pull over. But I just didn't want to like, I was like, fuck, if I pull, if I, if something happens and my bike doesn't start here, this is a terrible place to be, dude, you know? So I kept going and going and going and going. And then finally, out of nowhere, like an oasis of a gas station shows up that's like, just like home. It was a fucking Texaco. It had like a subway inside. I mean, it was insane. I'm like, dude. So then I pull up my map to see where I'm at, and it's like 12.30, and I'm already at the fucking border of Honduras. I'm like, oh, this is, dude, I'm making great time. You know what, I pull up the map, I start looking at how far away I am, because I'm coordinating with my buddy Terry, he's got a friend who's got a GS down in Costa Rica, and he wants to meet me at the uh, Nicaraguan border. So I'm like, they keep asking where I'm at, you know, what my time frame is, so I'm looking at it, I'm like, dude, there's a chance I might get to the border of Costa Rica tonight, man. It's 12 o'clock, 1230, got a couple border crossings. You know, Terry's like, dude, just throw one of those guys a 20, man, and make it happen. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm already on board with that. That last guy hooked me up. He's got a friend here at the next border. You know, this is all good. So I leave that gas station. Actually, I bought labels for MC Shop T's at that gas That's how good that gas station was. I had service, fucking, it was perfect. So I did that, and I'm like three miles from the border. And I pull up to the first little, like, border thing, you know? It's like a, just an overhang where there's people with guns hanging out. And that's, dude, I fucking started going around the 18-wheelers, and there's one guy I see just fucking do like a fucking flat-track left-hand turn around the backside of a fucking 18-wheeler and start pedaling as fast as he can in my rear-view mirror, trying to chase me down to tell me what to do. Then I see another guy on foot come out from in between the 18-wheelers, almost hit the guy on the bicycle. They're both just running for me, yelling. But I go to the shade and stop there. And sure enough, they've all got these, like, turquoise shirts on. And one of those guys is right there. He starts telling me what we're going to do. And I'm like, we are asking me if I need help. And I'm like, all right, dude, I guess you're my guy. I had totally forgot about going to find Jorge right there at the Lima Crossing because I was told about him from the other Jorge. And so I'm like, okay, let's do it. And then sure enough, the fucking Jorge shows up. He's like, hey, dude, I'm your guy. Remember you talked to so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, all right, sick. Sick, this is this is perfect, all right? Yeah. Well, it seemed perfect, it really did, it seemed perfect. And right out of the gate, their man, they're like, you got your driver's license, this, or that, your title, your fucking registration, we need copies of it, you got copies of it, and I'm like, no, dude. And I literally just took all my trust and gave it to them. Like, I literally was just like, here's everything. And, and then all of a sudden, some other guy comes up. And he's speaking really good English, and he doesn't have one of the fancy shirts on. And I'm like, I, I don't even know what's going on at this point. Like, I don't know if the fancy shirt guys with the badges are, like, real workers, or if... I, I just don't know, really. I don't know. But anyways, I'm just going with it, because here's the deal. I can't piss any of these guys off, because I'm fixing to have to go in a building and leave my bike outside. Like, I need somebody to have my back here. So we do the stuff for El Salvador. And, you know, they fucking take care of everything. Literally, like, bam, bam, bam. Fucking don't ask for any money. Dude, all right, we're good to go. Fucking let's, let's go over this bridge, dude. Go over this bridge. Follow us in this tuk-tuk. Get, they get in the tuk-tuk, I follow them over there. Park. All right, now here's a spot where you fucking... You get your passport paper. You know, they they don't stamp it, but they just check your shit. You know, your fucking COVID-19 bullshit. And they check that shit. All right, cool. We got that done. Now I'm gonna like, go over here like, now you gotta do the immigration stamp. While you're doing the immigration stamp, we're gonna go over here and like, and get your, your, your vehicle imported. Okay, so we need your title, your registration, your driver's license and your passport. I gave all that shit to them. Like literally, the legit ones. Like, I know, I know dude, what the fuck is I thinking? And then on top of that, this is yeah. where it gets really good. They take me in this building where I gotta wait with my, now they give me my passport, I gotta wait with my passport and get my passport stamped. And there's probably I don't fucking know 300 people in this building, and the AC's not working, dude. Everybody's just fanning themselves. The line snake. The whole building is filled with the line. And I'm like, no way, this sucks. All right, whatever, you know. Like I'm. This is this is what I'm doing. So I get in line. I'm, I got my vest on, dude. My canvas vest, my canvas pants, dude. Thanks to on dude, I am sweating. Dude, by the end of this line, there a lady literally comes out and, and mops behind me because I am like soaking wet and sweat. Anyways, about fucking five minutes into this line, I realized that my bike's outside and they have my title. And I kept hearing Waray ask other people how much my bike's worth, dude. And then I just like, I'm trying not to have a panic attack, really, because I'm fucking sweating so bad, and I'm just, you know, one of those spots where I can't talk, like nobody, I I mean, I'm just in a spot. Like, what else am I gonna do here, like? I I mean, I don't don't know. So I send Jorge a text, and Jorge's the guy that speaks English. I got his WhatsApp, and then there's the other, or maybe, fuck, I don't know who's Jorge now. I don't know. So there's two guys. There's the official-looking guy, and then the other guy that speaks good English. I got this English-speaking guy's WhatsApp. The other guy's running around doing everything for me with all my fucking stuff. And there was a couple of hand-switchings of this stuff as we were moving from building to building. And for all I know, the ID just, like, fell on the ground somewhere, you know, because it wasn't clipped to nothing, Uh But at the same time, to wait, if I'd have had to, you know, there was another line just as long as mine to do the vehicle thing. If I'd have had to wait in the vehicle line or in the the immigration line to get my stamp and then started over in the other line, it would have been, I don't know. It would have been a long time. So the other guy, he's working on all this shit. Anyways, I hit up Jorge on the text message. i hey, dude, will you just bring me my fucking paperwork? Like, bring me. Bring me my title. Just so that I have, like, my title while my bike's outside. He walks in. He's like, hey, man, it's all good. Uh, I can't give you your title. They got it over there. It's in the window, you know? And I'm like, the lady's doing your stuff, and she has all the originals. And I'm like, what the fuck is... Like, oh, okay. All right. So now I got, like, another hour of just sweating my dick off with my bike outside and my paperwork... God knows where and I'm really starting to freak out uh, but th- you know at some point I'm just like whatever you know like if I go outside and the bike's not there then the f- you know it's not fucking there and uh, sure enough there was like an outrage at some point like somebody cut in line dude it got pretty hectic they were trying to get me to like go cut back in front of this line the, the people that cut in line but it was like just some old fucking ladies I'm like dude I'm fixing to die here. I can't even imagine how these late. Like, no, I'm not. Just fucking let them. I would have let every old lady behind me in line go in front of me if they would have asked or if they would have, you know, I don't, you know, whatever. So, I go up there. It costs three dollars. I get my stamp. I go back outside. Is my bike there? Fuck, my bike's there, dude. My bike's there with everything on it. Now. I'm like, all right, so where's the rest of you? Like, oh, we're still waiting on stuff. I need your passport again. You know, we have to have, even though we got copies of all the original stuff, they need all of your original stuff to give you this import permit. I'm like, dude, if you guys are stuck here with, like, I, you know, once again, here, take all my shit again. I don't, of course, you guys are helping me out. And, uh, Now I'm just chilling in the shade by my bike and the other dude's doing all the work for me. I'm like, this is sick. And uh, there was a window over there where you do all the vehicle stuff and it's got all these stickers from all these other motorcycle tour companies or groups that have made the pilgrimage down. And I went in there and put a Danger Dan talk shop sticker and I saw in the window, she had all my original shit. You know, one of the Jorge's is standing there in his official shirt and, you know, I'm feeling fucking great, you know? Like this is all working, you know? Now I'm starting to wonder like you know, what how much money are they going to ask for? Once they have the permit in their hands and all my shit, like how much money are they going to want? And I'm like, "Well, honestly, dude, I will give them a lot of money, dude. $100 easy, you know? Like $100, dude, to know that my bike, like I had to sit in that line, you know, like I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Well, they finally get, I go back outside after I put the sticker up. You know, it's hot in there. I'm like, dude, if you're doing this, I'm going to have to pay you a minute. You just stay in this hot-ass fucking swamp building, and I'm going outside. So I go outside, smoke some cigarettes. He finally comes out. Or, no, no, he doesn't come out. He calls up the Jorge sitting next to me, and that Jorge goes, hey, man, do you have your driver's license? And I'm like, no, I fucking gave it to you all. He's like, Well, double double check, and at this point I'm like, no fucking way is this happening right now, and I'm fucking I go ahead and, and I'm like, you know, it's not out of the realm of the possibilities that I have my driver's license in one of these fucking pockets on me, and I start digging and digging and I don't find it, and I'm like, dude, I remember giving you all my shit, dude, like you guys fucking have it, and. They don't. They fucking don't have it. They they don't have it. They fucking don't have my driver's license. So now I'm like, I mean, I don't even know what to say or do. Now here's the thing: you would think, oh well, you got a passport, driver's license isn't that big of a deal. Wrong. You have to have a driver's license to get your vehicle across the borders. Like you know, to show that you can legally drive a vehicle. I guess uh, needed it the past two other ones and. They don't have my driver's license. They don't, they don't have, so I'm like, all right, fucking bring me all my shit right now. He's like, all right, well, he's still waiting out in there. He's trying to get, he thinks that the lady lost it. And I'm like, I don't care who fucking lost it right now. Bring me all, this, bring me all my shit right now. Like just bring it to me. So they come out and he gives me fucking all the paper, copies, all this shit, my fucking title, my registration my fucking passport, the permit I need to get into Honduras. And he's like, dude, the fucking lady. Now, giving you this, the line was bad when I got there and got in. Like the line started at inside the fucking door when I showed up. Now the line was wrapped around the buildings and they had cops up front. And this dude, I went over there trying to get in to go talk to the lady and he was not having it. He was like, you got to wait in that fucking line. And homeboy went up there and fucking gave him some money or something, he went inside, you know, and I'm like, all right, there's a, like, my license got lost, whether whether she lost it or they lost it or whatever, you know, like, you know, supposedly she needs it to do this stuff, but these guys work with these people all the time, so maybe they got it through and they also just lost my license, you know, like, maybe they legitimately left it in the coffee machine or it fell out of the, like, whatever. It could, you know, if they were going to take something, they would have taken my bike and the fucking title, you know, like that would have been an easy move for them. So I'm like, all right, so let's talk about what's, you know, these guys have another person for me to see at the next border. I'm like, is he going to be able to get me into Nicaragua without a driver's license? Like, luckily we still have a copy of the driver's license, but is he going to be able to get me into the nick? And they're like... Uh, okay, they call him. They're like, and then they tell me, all right, you're going to need a police report. I'm like, oh, my God. They're like, I mean, the thought of, like, now we're getting the fucking Honduran police involved. So there's a little bitty police office at the border. We go over there. Now there's a third Jorge watching my bike. Oh, my gosh, dude, and... Go into this police office and now I have all the paperwork I have everything like there's nothing they can hold over my head to like say hey you got to give us $100 before you leave like I can literally just jump on my bike and leave at any point but you know I don't fucking speak this language so we go in there we talk to the cops they're like oh man fucking power's down here we can't we can't we can't get you that paperwork in in You know, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, oh my gosh. And I don't know what Jorge's even saying to these guys. You know, like, I just don't know. So the guy's like, Jorge's like, all right, he says you need to go to Nakayomi, the next big city. And you need to go to the police office there and file a report. And then they'll give you some paperwork so that you can take that with the copy of your driver's license that says what happened and I'm like I you know fuck me okay now one thing Rob told me you know my fucking my tour guide he was like you know what I always try and do is not have to stay the night in Honduras like I always try and make it through and stay in Nicaragua and my experience in Honduras a couple weeks ago or months ago led me I felt the same way you know I I did not want to stay in Honduras and by this time it's like sunsets probably an hour and a half from now the border of Nicaragua was like I don't know four hours it's it's out of it's that's not happening and I gotta go to a fucking police station to get this paperwork or I can just go to the next border and you know hopefully just bribe them out so I'm like all right, guys I'm I'm just gonna go to the police station what do I fucking owe you guys to leave here without my driver's license, you know? Cause I'm not just gonna up and leave them. Like they put in some fucking work. They were watching my bike. You know, I gave the last guy $30. So I'm thinking 40, 50 bucks, you know, covers both you guys. And then they start going on about how they paid somebody 20 bucks here. They paid another person 20 bucks here. Another person 20 bucks here. And then the fucking permit costs $40. And I'm like, I owe you guys $100? Oh, plus a tip, you know? You're gonna tip us, right? And I'm just like. Now, given, the plan was is to go to this police department and fucking call Jorge on the WhatsApp so that he can explain to them what happened. So I'm like, if I just leave these guys hanging, you know, I don't know if I'm gonna get any help here. And if I just pay them $100, which I did, I pulled out $100, and Jorge's like, oh, you're not going to fucking tip me? The other Jorge who did all the work and the shirt, he fucking took that money. And I'm like, dude, that's what I, okay, here's another, or I can put out $120. Hopefully the $20 tip would go to the guy that spoke English, and $100 would go for Jorge because he paid for everything. Jorge takes everything, and the dude I need to fucking translate. He's like, oh, you're not gonna tip me anything. I'm like, oh my gosh, dude. And I'm trying to be cool. I'm like, dude, here's another fucking $20. So now I'm at 140 bucks. One border crossing, $140. And, uh, you know, now I'm going to a fucking police station in Honduras. And the first police station that we went into, now there wasn't much there. But the two cops that were there, they were not, they didn't care to fucking really help. Like I don't feel like, I I don't even, they were just, uh, you know, I was just thinking like, fuck, what am I gonna have to go deal with in this town? So whatever, I roll out of there. Dude, I didn't even have to go through a checkpoint. Nobody even looked at my fucking perm. Nobody did anything that Jorge said they were gonna do. It was just like, hey, Welcome to Honduras, and everybody's just waving at me again. Like, every time I've seen anybody with a gun, they've just waved at me with a smile on their face. So, I'm like, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe this is going to be easy in about, I don't know, five miles, no, probably 10, 15 miles out of town, probably in between the two cities. I roll up, and there is a mob of fucking people with mask on, in the fucking road, like, the first thing I thought was, like, the protest thing that happened a couple days ago, and these guys are all waving their hands, and they all have fucking mask on, and I'm like, what the fuck, some of them are swinging sticks, and uh, I don't think I saw, I, I want to say a machete, but I don't, like, there was just, and they all just, as soon as I come up over this little, like, bump and rise in the road, and I see all of them, it was like, Literally, I don't know, 75% of them, like all of them queued up on me with their fucking mask on. And I'm like, oh shit. And they're probably like 20, 20, 30 yards from me. And they're from the grass to the grass. On the shoulder, the two lanes. And there's, I mean, 25, 30 of these motherfuckers. And they're covered from head to toe. And they've got like almost like I don't know, like wings or capes and shit, and fucking mask, and, I, and I'm just like, no fucking way, dude. So uh, I just, get, like I literally just twist that fucking throttle in the front wheel, like, I don't even know if it came off the ground, but like, you know, in the it was like a limp wheelie, you know, in limp mode. And as I was fucking approaching them at full fucking throttle, One of them trips and falls, trying to run out of the way. A couple of them like kind of back up but keep squared off on me. And as I'm like, they make enough room for me to get by. I don't feel like I touched any of them or anything, but they were right there. But I'll never forget looking at Donald Trump and President Barack Obama as I'm fucking blowing into this fucking crowd of dudes. It looks like they're trying to fucking pull me to a stop. Like I remember them waving their arms. Oh my gosh. Yeah, President Barack Obama and President Trump mask on. And a group of... It was like the fucking dead presidents, except for they weren't the dead presidents, and it wasn't a bank, it was me. I guess they saw me as a bank. Hell, I just gave $140 away to some dudes that probably needed 40 bucks to cover everything. So I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, so now that... You know, I'm fucking in Honduras, and there's this shit going on. Uh, I have to go to the police. I, do I want to be seen at the police office? Like, do I want to be seen as the guy that went to the fucking... Like, like oh, fuck. So I get to this fucking town, and I get to the police office. And, uh, and it's a police building, and there's fucking police everywhere and I roll up into their fucking courtyard, which kind of, dude, like three of them were out there and they kind of like all got, you know, hand on the gun type situation, you know, and I'm, I'm fucking, I I'm am was jamming ACDC trying to like get in my, you know, get in the zone, you know, ready to fucking jump off the bike and fight if I have to. And uh, yeah, I'm in the courtyard at the fucking police office. And the first dude, he's like, you know, que paso or whatever. And I'm like, trying to take all my gear off, like, as like, non-threatening as possible. You know, I don't want to reach in any pockets or like, you know, just trying to be cool. Take my helmet off and I'm like, I start going for my, I got to dig in my shit for paperwork and I'm doing it like, as you know, as non-threatening as possible. And, I get the paperwork out, and I'm like, all right, here's the deal. You know, I got this permit, but I lost my license. And he's, like, just looking at me like a fucking ghost. He has no idea what I'm saying. And then all of a sudden, he waves this girl over, this fucking beautiful girl in a cop uniform. And I say the same shit to her, and she's like, nope. I'm like, fuck. So then another cop comes up, and they, like, pull out the translation app. I tried to do the translator app on my phone, but I don't have any service at all. Like, there's nothing. And I couldn't call the WhatsApp dude. I couldn't call Jorge through WhatsApp. So I'm like, fuck. So then another cop walks out, and he's like, get your bike out of our, you know, get the bike out of here. And I'm like, you know, this neighborhood that the cop shop in it isn't the fucking greatest. I'm like, okay. So I take the bike outside, I roll it up, and that same dude was like, go talk to this guy. So then, I go in this fucking office, follow this guy into an office, and then all of a sudden this fucking little short girl in a white shirt, she rolls in right behind me. And she starts talking to me like she speaks really good English, but she doesn't. But as soon as we all get into this office and sit down, it's me, uh, the dude that's supposed to help me out, the the cute girl over here on my right, a dude at the computer, and then the girl in the white shirt. And she's trying to be real serious, dude. Like, real serious. And the other guy's like explaining to all them kind of what I told them. I I did in one of the translator apps out front, like, hey, I need to file a report so I can have some paperwork to take with me so I can make it to Costa Rica. So he kind of tells them all that. And the next thing you know, he walks out, and as soon as he walks out, these girls just start cutting up dude just smiling at me like like we're not getting anything done because they're just so infatuated with some biker from texas that is now in their fucking police house and the demeanor of the people in this room like i can imagine you can do anything you want and if they i mean really most of the cops like now that i step back and look at the situation none of them were they were all fucking like young 20 year olds that like I don't know, they probably weren't hard enough to make it any other way except for with a badge and they just didn't have any, uh, you know, they weren't real threatening. Uh, But now I'm dealing with these two girls that are just googling-eyed at me and, you know, I'm trying to get this fucking paperwork communication point across and all this girl like in the white shirt, you know, probably higher rank, she is now trying to get me to marry the fucking cute cop so that that girl can come to America. I'm like, is this really fucking happening right now? Like, So it ended up being like the complete, the absolute complete opposite of what I thought it was going to be going to the police house in Nakaomi, Honduras. They were fucking super nice uh, with a little help from some people that they called and we were able to translate, ask some questions get everything squared away. They wrote me a police report, printed it on some official paper, put a stamp on it. I assume it says this dumb white kid lost, gave his fucking driver's license to some fucking thieves at the border, and now all he has is his paper copy. But anyways, I got that, and I asked those ladies. I was like, hey, where's a pretty hotel? I got to stay, you know? The fucking sun's going down, and I roll into the fucking town I'm in, San Lorenzo, and I find the biggest fucking hotel with the biggest gate, you know? Like, fuck, I pull in there, and the sun is setting. Like, it is gone. There's still a little bit of light out, but the sun's gone. And she's like, the first hotel actually I pulled into, it was a small hotel with a small gate. They were like, oh, we're filled up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, a holiday. So I find the biggest hotel, and I'm like, there's no way. I pull up in here. Sure enough, they have a room. We start going through the shit. Uh, you know, we, we get everything squared away. I give her my fucking credit card, and she goes, I need your driver's license. And I was like, oh my god, I forgot. that You need a driver's license for a dude. So I almost didn't get this fucking room. Obviously, I did. Show them the passport, the police report, the copy of my driver's license. I'm like, if I have trouble getting a hotel, what is the Nicaraguan border going to be like? I don't know. But I'm going to go find out. And uh, I'll let you know. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And I hope you learn something from this fucking story I just told you. The bar is starting to fill up. So I'm going to go talk, meet some people, and load this podcast up. I fucking love you guys. DangerDanceTalkShop.com. MCShoptees.com, LowbrowCustoms.com, KnivesMadeByNigg.com, check us all out on the gram. Bada bing, bada boom.